Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Life in partnership with TRX. Hosted by me, Raham Harrig, the youngest Arab and the first Saudi woman to climb Everest and the Seven Summits. And today, we're meeting Susan Killian. Susan is an American aerospace engineer, former United States Navy officer, and a former NASA astronaut. She is the youngest person to pilot a space shuttle, and since her retirement, she has become a motivational speaker and is also a board member of wellness fitness company TRX, who has kindly sponsored this podcast. Susan, I have to say that this moment is a moment I've dreamt of for a long time to meet an actual astronaut. It's been, <laughs> I have dreamt of having this conversation because growing up, when I was six, my cake uh, was, <laughs> was I think, Discovery or something. Because it was, you know, 1996 or something and they had just flown. So to, to, to speak to you is just an honor. And I have so many questions. So many people and so many listeners would like to hear. So I would like to know more about yourself. What would you say is an inspiration to you? You have inspired me and many others. But I'm so curious to know who has inspired you. Ah, thank you. And it is my pleasure to be here today and to meet you as well. You've got your own line of successes that are impressive. But um, for me, you know, in the early years, it was absolutely my father who inspired me and encouraged me and supported me. And he never once told me that I couldn't someday be an astronaut, even though we weren't flying any women astronauts at the time and didn't for a long time. He never told me, and I just never knew that it was going to be an issue. Did you grow up, was that your aspiration? I mean, all of us dream of being an astronaut. I mean, we all do, but was that yours as well? Was that something that you dreamt of? You know, I learned that I wanted to be a pilot when I was a teenager because my dad used to take us to the airport to watch the airplanes take off and land, mainly because it was free. And I just fell in love with the idea of flying airplanes and, um, and getting my private pilot's license, which I did. But, you know, and then I think I was either 16 or 17, just laying out in the backyard, looking up at the stars is what encouraged me. And I had seen a couple of the moon landings in school. They showed us on TV. We didn't have a TV at home at the time, but they showed us at school and I thought, wow, we saw the same ones. I bet you we saw the same ones. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm much older. (laughs) I mean, I was (laughs) maybe a little bit small. Yeah. But it was, um, enough to encourage an interest in me. And by the time I was ready to head off to college, I knew I wanted to be an astronaut. Can you give our our listeners uh, and our viewers an idea of how it was at the time when you started? For example, how many women at the time were in the field, especially this kind of very, you know, aerospace is usually male dominated, not anymore. But at the time, can you give us an idea of how much of a trailblazer you are? Oh, sure. You know, there weren't any women in any of my classes in college. You were the only girl. I was the only one. And then I went to work for Lockheed 
company in Georgia. And at the time it was Lockheed Corporation, now it's Lockheed Martin. I was, other than the secretary, I was the only woman in my whole building and department. (laughs) And I was just kind of used to it. I was the only girl in my family. I had three brothers and my parents were divorced. So so it didn't even, yeah, it was fine. I liked being around guys and, and it was fine. And it never really seemed to be a problem um, until I went to join the military. And it was the first time I got told no, specifically because I was a woman. What was that instance, if you can say? Do you remember that? Do you remember the moment? My boss was um, very encouraging of me, but I didn't enjoy being an engineer at all. And I wanted to still be an astronaut. And he put me in touch with Dick Scobie. So my boss was Gerald Pounds at Lockheed. And he put me in touch with an astronaut that he knew, Dick Scobie. He recommended that I join the military and become a test pilot, which just sounded perfect for me. And I called uh, the Air Force. I went down to an Air Force recruiter and he said that he that they had fulfilled their quota of women pilots for the year. And that was the first I'd even heard that there was, was a, a quota. And so and I went to research it. Women weren't allowed to fly in combat. So that really limited what women could do in the military I as see. pilots. And so the quota made sense. I just didn't know about it. And uh, it was a policy that had been passed a while ago that women weren't allowed to be in combat. I went to the Navy and they took me as a pilot. So it was meant to it be. all worked out. When something closes, yeah, it something all worked else. out. Yeah, I love that. I'm trying to uh, make a list of books from all of the people that I inter- I, I'm interviewing. I'm going to have a long list because everyone has such <laughs> incredible suggestions. I want to know about a book that has inspired you or changed your life or just has a big impact or resonated with you and why. Oh, wow. I read so much. And you put me on the spot because now I'm going to have to think of which one or pull out a specific one. No, no. Um, Give me time to think on that one a minute. (laughs) I'm going to come back to this. I'll circle back by the end of the interview. But I'm dying to know something that you, you know, that has inspired you. Let's go with something less complicated. Um, I want to know about your (laughs) day-to-days. How do you manage your schedule? What's your day like? I'm very curious if you could just give us an idea. So I get up early. Mainly one, because we have dogs. So I get up with the dogs and take them out and, you know, take care of them. But then I have usually about maybe up to two hours alone before anybody else wakes up, which is wonderful because I can have my tea and, and gather my thoughts and just have some time to do whatever it is I want to do. It's a great way to start the day. I have to be up anyways, because I had to get up with the dogs. So And then, um, you know, my days, every single day is different. I have meetings sometimes. I am a partner in a venture capital group. I'm on the board for TRX, the exercise straps. And so I'll definitely get in a workout at some point, but it's never at the same time. And um, I have the dogs to take care of. I have one daughter still living at home. And so, you know, we're renovating our house. Every day is different. And I have a lot of meetings, lots of meetings and presentations that I give, motivational speeches or whatever. So I like when my days are, are not as cookie cutter. I kind of like the, you know, right. I tried cookie cutter for a while. I get really, really bored. Um, speaking of yeah, cookies, not a cookie cutter. <laughs> I yes. can tell. Yeah. I, you're, you know, you're one of my adults, so I totally can relate. Speaking of cookies and everything sweet, I want to know what is a cheat meal and how is your diet like, but be honest about the cheat meal. 
<laughs> oh, wow. You know, I love a lot of cuisines, especially like Thai, probably one of my favorites, Mexican food. And that would probably be my biggest cheat meal because you can really eat a lot oh, in I a Mexican. Mexican <laughs> yeah. I mean, really good. And I also love a good hamburger anytime. Okay. That's not, that's not so bad. Okay. I'll give you that. That's okay. It's okay. My, mine is always French fries, which is a disaster. Sticking with food as well. I'm very curious, not just about what you eat up there, but your lifestyle when you're up there. I mean, how, can you give us an example of a day in outer space? Can you give this geek a firsthand, you know, can you tell me how with the firsthand experience you had of your first night at in outer space and your first meal as well in outer space? I'm going to be greedy. I want to know everything. <laughs> well, being in space is completely different than what I'm doing now because everything is scheduled, you know, down to the, you know, 15 minute blocks or whatever, when you're going to exercise, when you're going to eat, when you're going to do this experiment or do that or whatever. So you're very scheduled in space and, um, the food that you eat, you have picked a variety of meal plans for when you went up and all of that's on board but you don't have to eat it at a specific day or time and you can eat whatever you want of your own food. I really like chicken and rice. Um, I think because it had salt in it. <laughs> so it, it you know, kind of like comfort food, but also everybody loved M&Ms, which we had in space and I flew um, peanut butter and crackers. So I could have those. That was probably my first meal. Actually, it was easy to get to and didn't require any preparation. <laughs> Just dip the cook crackers right into the peanut butter because it was my own jar. So, is there any way to describe being weightless? Is is there is did you were you besides water besides being in water because that's similar? But does, is there any totally different though? So that's what I imagine. Is there any were you prepared for that feeling? I mean, I'm sure you know. I researched so much about what you do, and I'll get to that later about my own like you know dream of being an astronaut. Is it, is anything close to the real thing of being? Nothing here on earth is close to it, to the weightlessness, but we do get to fly in a zero, zero gravity, gravity airplane. So we've done a zero seconds. gravity flight. Yeah. yeah. It's mere, like maybe 30 seconds at the most, um, of weightlessness. So that's the only chance we get that weightless like feeling before we actually fly in space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to show you how awkward you are at the beginning. I imagine sleeping is the most challenging because like you're not, you, you don't have a weight. Yeah. You have nothing touching you really. Even if you, even if you try, like if you strap a pillow to your head, you're still not going to feel it. It's there's no weight. And I found that I would fall asleep almost instantly because I was exhausted, but I wouldn't stay asleep. Once I woke up, after that first, like maybe three hours cycle, I'd be awake and have a hard time falling back to sleep. Is it true that you get, you get like a small amount of personal items or luxury items? Is it true that you get a little, um, something that you can take that's outside of the, 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 you know, the very strict rules? Is it true? Yes. Um, I had, I took a book. One, one book. Um, one, one one big book. (laughs) Tom Clancy's Red Storm Rising. It's real thick. (laughs) And um, a lot of music because at the time we didn't have, when I flew, there were, you had to have a DVD player, I mean, a CD player, basically. So I had to take my CDs and pictures of my family. I took a journal 
to write in. And so just a small number of things that they have stored on board for you. Um, and you can get once you get up there, but not much. We're back with season two of the podcasting playbook from the team behind Pineapple Audio Production. Your network is everything. Put effort into building relationships with other people. I'm Juliet, and this podcast is for anyone who loves podcasts, makes podcasts, or is thinking about making podcasts. We're three loud, opinionated women. I just want somebody who would just let us be us. In each episode, I speak to someone we've worked with in podcasting. You guys bring ideas to the table that we would have never thought of. The Pineapple team, our clients, presenters, and give you an idea of the behind the scenes of running a podcast production company. And our guests benefited as well. I know people heard the podcast and then they've come to me. Follow and review the podcasting playbook now so you don't miss our very first episode of season two. Back to wellness, and I can imagine wellness is such an important part of being in such a confined space. So I want to know what's your approach to wellness, not just in, in outer space, but in your in your daily life. What's your approach? Is it more holistic uh, or is it more, you know, different approach? Some people are absolutely holistic and some people like me, I'm, I think having a healthy body and mind is the most important thing before anything. Like you have to have a coherent life. You can't just have one side and the other. So I'm very curious, both outer space and in life. What's your approach? Well, in space, it's, you know, it, it's healthy. It's, you're going to exercise every day. Otherwise your heart will get weak. You're going to eat the foods that are on board, which is basically a healthy diet. Maybe not the M&Ms, but for me, it is. It's part of everything. It's you know, sleeping, eating right, but also enjoying your meals, you know, as a social event, because there's such a mental component to socializing and eating together is a great way to socialize. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so, yeah. um, exercise, of course. And How does that just work a well-rounded thing. I see the thing where you're attached and you just have to. It depends on what you're doing. On our flights, we had a bicycle, so we strap yourself down to the bicycle and bicycle all day long, basically. But if you wanted, but there are, there's a treadmill and you are strapped to it. Otherwise it wouldn't work. And, um, we used elastic bands for other muscles, similar to like the TRX really, except for that's using body weight. Whereas the bands are using the elasticity. You attach it to resistance. Mm Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, as I've gotten older, it's less about spending an hour in the gym and it's more about having a well-rounded day. And no, I may not get, I may not do a workout every day, but over a week's time, I try to stay physically active and socially active and mentally active and all those things, because it all kind of ties together. What do you think is the biggest surprise or something that people are not aware of or something that would surprise people about outer space? I mean, what's something that you realized that you didn't before? I think almost everybody that's been to space underestimated that they would get the first time they looked back at earth, you know, and everybody experiences it. 
Yeah. Everybody experiences it differently. Everybody's seeing photos and videos and everything. And you think what it's going to be like. And at least in my experience and a lot of others, it's not, it's can be totally different. And some people it's a, a religious experience and, and some people it's just a, you know, you just stare down and you never want to stop looking. How is yours? This beautiful planet. For me, what struck me the most was how thin our atmosphere is. And I mean, if you look at pictures that show the Earth's atmosphere, it is so thin and it really brings home how fragile our planet is and how that tiny little sliver of atmosphere is all that's keeping us alive and how you we can really actually need see to it. Think about you can actually like, yes. see the layers. You can see it. You can see the layers. You can see it from, from and we're only two to 300 miles up or, you know, what, 250 to 350 kilometers <laughs> And but we're not that far know, from the hindsight. Yeah. And, and you look at it and you're thinking, wow, that layer that's keeping us alive is so fragile and uh, we need to take care of it. It puts things in perspective, doesn't it? When you actually see it. I mean, I if if I've ever had the experience you've had, I wouldn't be able to choose one thing. But if you can choose, what do you think is the thing or the, the achievement that you're most proud of? Oh, it would have to be my children. It'd have to be my children. You know, going to space was amazing and I worked hard for it, but, um, I have four kids. Can you name them? And so my daughter, Quinn is 23 and Sean's 22, Liam's 18 and Mara's 16. You are an absolute badass for being an astronaut and a mom of four. Can I just say that? Because they make us believe that we can't have, you know, our dream career and our dream family. So can I just say that I salute you for absolutely breaking the stereotype and for for me, making me believe that I can have both. I can be the best virgin. Oh, of yeah. One. A lot of the astronaut women have children. It's just normal. I know. But they make you feel like, you know, you have to choose <laughs> between, you know. When I say they, I don't mean a, a person. I mean just the mentality. So. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a balancing act, though. I, I absolutely. I think everything in life that matters is a balancing act. But an astronaut and a mom, to me, you're you're a superhero in my opinion. So just want to put it out there. I think you're amazing. I think there, for me, I didn't fly in space after I had kids. It was a personal choice of mine. But a, a lot of the women that fly in space have children. And most of the men have children too. <laughs> it's just, I just don't like how they make us feel. Yes. We, we have to choose. Nobody ever asks a male astronaut, how does it feel to leave your children at home? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with any, any uh, extreme athlete. It's, it's the same thing, but not the same mm-hmm. level. They automatically assume or presume if you're a woman, then you, you shouldn't leave the kids, but then a husband does. So I, I, I love that you completely break the stereotype and prove that you can be a badass astronaut and an awesome mom. It's just, yeah. And everybody should have the privilege to make the family they want. Absolutely. You know, yeah. if the husband wants to stay at home, that's okay. If you know, if you want to hire childcare, that's okay. Do any of your children follow in your footsteps? Our 18-year-old son just uh, started the Naval Academy for college, oh. so he'll he'll be going in the Navy. I don't know what his future holds. I'm not sure he knows what he wants to do. He hasn't shared it with me. My oldest daughter will be entering the Navy through officer candidate school in a few weeks, Amazing. so there'll be two already. I mean, we've gone from none to two, and she wants to be a pilot. That much we do know, and um, 
And so, but my husband's a Navy SEAL. So boys perhaps both want to be Navy SEALs. I don't know. You can have two and he can have two. <laughs> I mean, balances out. Like two can be pilots. And two I just want, I just want them to, you know, make their own dreams. I know. Take their own journey but it's so and enjoy. Cute it. To have many use, like it's so cute to have, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, For sure. As we say, mashallah, and God protect them, and I wish them all the best in their endeavors. You're clearly an incredible, successful woman, and I'm very curious to know if that's a a mantra that you follow, follow. Do you have a mantra of success that you follow that you can bestow on me and our listeners? Yeah. Well, enjoy the journey, which I mentioned, but it's your journey. Have your goal and keep your eye on that goal because there are going to be setbacks. There are going to be obstacles. There's going to be challenges. So as long as you can see a path to your goal, go keep it. going. Love that. I mean, I think you've you've had an incredible career both in in both fields. I want to know what what does your future look like to you? Um, would would you see not specifically just in your field, but for sports in general? Because sports is a very big part of female development. Mm. It's a part of anyone's development, but more so the last couple of years, it's a way for women to feel, to feel empowered. So, what do you think is the future of sports in the next couple of years? I think it's great. I see so many doors opening that have been closed for way too long. And, um, you know, just recently, several countries that had never sent a woman to the Olympics, they're now sending some women, yes, to the Olympics. And I am so excited because I don't just think about it for them and how hard they've worked to get here, but I look at them as what amazing role models they are for all the other little girls back at home. And so I think we're about to see an, an, a new um, face of women in sports. Absolutely. I'm very proud of that too. I want to know what's next for you personally. Well, I just finished climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and I know... Congratulations! You, I, yeah. Just now, as in now, this season? Yeah, like a couple of weeks ago. Bravo! It's a tough season, uh, yes. yeah? And I know that you climbed Everest, which... And Kili, two times. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tiny. Com I mean, Kilimanjaro is nothing. No, it's not. Kilimanjaro is a beast. So bravo. It's not but, easy. Uh, it was, uh, and I wasn't, you know, I, when I, when my daughter asked me to do it, I didn't think I would be able to, but I trained and I trained for six months at sea level Bravo! <laughs> to climb this. I'd never hiked anywhere, climbed a mountain or any of that. It doesn't matter. I, You've been to space so, so you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which route? Uh, Makame. Machame. Machame. It's my favorite. Machame is my favorite. Yeah. Machame. And it, it was amazing. I don't know that I would see, and I don't know that I would ever do it again. <laughs> you say but that. I'm glad I did. I think sometimes it's like childbirth. You know, it takes you a while <laughs> to want to want to go through that again. <laughs> I climbed it. It was my very first mountain, and then. 10 years later, which was last year, I decided to go back again and climb it for my 10 year anniversary uh, because it, oh, wow. it was the only mountain that I didn't have my father's flag with me. So I went back to honor him. Oh. Yeah. So I was able to take um, uh, photos uh, with me that I had taken from space of the summit of Kilimanjaro. So that was really fun to take those up there. And I gave them out to the porters and, That's and the so people I traveled cool. with. Can we climb one day? That was a day? lot of fun. I think you're awesome. Oh, sure. <laughs> can, I, can I say my story? 
you know how you, yes. you said, you know, Kilimanjaro is small. Kilimanjaro is not small at all. It's massive. But can I tell you my small brush with being an astronaut? So you and, and other female astronauts inspired me to sign up. There was an open call for a competition for in the region, for astronauts in the region. And I signed up and I'm so proud to say that out of thousands, I was the only civilian that made it. I did the, wow. I passed the aptitude test. I passed the IQ and EQ test, the physical exam, the problems. I passed everything. I made top four. I'm very proud to say that. And I was the only civilian who wasn't a pilot engineer or in the army who made it that far. And knowing your stories is one of the reasons um, why I thought, why not? Why can't a woman apply and, and, and get there? Unfortunately, I couldn't continue because I had... I'm not a pilot and I'm not, you know, an engineer or a scientist or anything like that. But I was very proud that I held my own. And it's because of women like you that gave me the courage to actually apply. Well, that's wonderful. It was just a show. So it was, this is my mini, you know, little attempt. And maybe one day when, you know, space opens up, um, you know, as a trip or something, I can actually get up there one day. I, I hope the so. The space will open up, you know, they're eventually they're not going to need just pilots and engineers and, and I think in the next 10 years they're or going so. to need artists and journalists and all kinds of people, writers. And yeah. If you have one piece of advice to tell someone or a piece of advice that has inspired you, what would that piece of advice be? And it can be as simple and corny as possible, but I just want to hear it from you. <laughs> be true to yourself. I think that's, the, that's pretty corny, but it is be yourself. As corny as it is. I think that's one of the most easier said than done sentences ever, especially in the world we're in. We are bombarded by what you should look like, act like. We are bombarded by fakeness. We are bombarded by all of these like negative uh, images of what a woman should be or, you know, can and can it be. So be true to yourself, I think is just one of those things that we take it for granted. We say, yes, we are, but in reality, it chips away at who we are. So I love that you said that. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I think this is the first in the podcast, but as we are wrapping up, Susan mentioned that she was in Saudi. So I'm very curious to know what was your experience? Where did you go? And what was the thing that surprised you? Oh, wow. Yes. I had the most amazing trip. It was a work trip. I started out, um, in Kaust over on the uh, seaside and, uh, was, yeah, I was working with, um, an outfit called stem punks where they had a camp 
and lots of kids from the kingdom all over the kingdom came. And it was a space-based theme where they were doing STEM skills and building a, a, a habitat um, on another planet. It was amazing. And then I went to Riyadh and attended a, uh, gave a presentation, a speech at uh, LEAP, the, the tech symposium. And um, I tell you, I think that what surprised, I had never been to Saudi and uh, Saudi Arabia. And I, so I was, didn't really know what to expect, but I felt like every person I met was the nicest person. I'm so happy to hear that. Everybody. And so it was amazing. And the kids were phenomenal. And I loved watching the girls were just as eager as the boys and answered the questions and asked the questions. And, and so I was, I was very heartened by my experience in Saudi Arabia. And the other thing I should probably bring up while I'm here on the air is, is I've written a children's book and it applies to all kids. It's just about being what you want to be. And it's titled An Unlikely oh, Astronaut that, I because I feel like give, given my day and time of when I decided to be an astronaut and how I grew up and everything, I, I feel like I was the unlikeliest of astronauts. And so if I can do it, those kids can do anything. That. Thank you so much, Susan. And I'm so happy that you had a great experience. You honor us with your presence in the kingdom and hopefully you can come again and I can meet you in person. I mean, I, I can't I imagine so. if, if I ever, if you ever come to Saudi Arabia, please, please let me know. I must meet you or Dubai because I live in Dubai. I will. <laughs> I just want you to know that I think you're awesome and you're one of the people that was a trailblazer and will continue to be a trailblazer. So thank you so well, much. I think right back at you there. You. Right back at you. Thank you for your time and your story. I really appreciate it. And if one day I do end up going to space, please allow me to ask you a few questions <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> of I'm, course. I'm so curious to go out there again. So, Of course. It has been my pleasure talking with you. The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for listening to the Quality of Life podcast in partnership with TRX and hosted by me, Raham Harag. Please do leave us a rating and review on Apple. It really, really makes a difference. And keep listening every Friday morning for a new episode. Next week, we'll be back with another episode, but this time in Arabic. So listen out for that. This podcast was produced by Pineapple Audio Production. Thanks again for listening and see you next Friday. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.